This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about a brand new class action lawsuit that targets ICBC. Now, if you've been injured in a car crash, did you get everything you deserved in your settlement with ICBC or some of that money held back? And should you be getting some cash from ICBC. Let's talk to the lead lawyer on this case. Scott Stanley is a Vancouver lawyer who's a part of this class action. Scott, thanks a lot for coming on. Well, happy to, Mike. Okay, so have you already filed this in court? Is this already going now? We have. We filed it yesterday. Okay, tell me what it's about. Can you explain it in, in easy-to-understand terms for people here, how it's, how it's going to work? It, it, may, it was hard to figure out, so it may not be able to be explained easily, but bottom line is people pay taxes and that tax is already you know supports our health care and msp and what happened is when someone was involved in a car accident even though the law is quite clear that those charges should not be sent back to msp they should be absorbed by icbc icbc charged those to accident benefit uh, victims reducing the amount of benefits they got and then passing those costs on to ratepayers Okay, so these are like doctor's costs or like medical costs? That's right. So say someone's injured in a car accident and they go see their doctor, the law, which the government themselves made, makes it quite clear, I say, that those costs should be borne by MSP and not ICBC. And even though uh, it's quite clear, I say, um, the government asked ICBC to reimburse them for those costs, and they did, which impacted accident victims they had less money to um, recover and deal with their injuries. And then it increased the rates for ratepayers. Okay, so these are like a doctor fees charged by doctors that are being paid by ICBC then? That's right, just doctors. Yeah. Just doctors. Doctors. How much money are we talking here? Well, from the records, as far as we can go back, it's at least $900 million, not Whoa. including interest. So almost a billion dollars worth of money that multiple governments, the NDP, the Liberals, and perhaps even the Socreds, took out of ICBC, we say, uh, unlawfully. Okay, so you're saying that this this is money that should have gone to accident victims? It's money that either should have gone to accident victims or stayed yeah. in the system to help support ICBC. Should not have been taken out and then had ratepayers uh, asked to pay more for their compulsory insurance. Okay, speaking of Scott Stanley, he's the lead lawyer on a class action lawsuit here against ICBC. One of the other stories that emerged this week was uh, how past governments, notably the, the B.C. Liberal government, had taken money out of ICBC, put that money into general revenue of the government, $1.2 billion. And David Eby, the attorney general this week, says they're going to make that illegal. They're going to pass a law to make sure it doesn't happen again. Does your lawsuit get into any of that, like some of the money that was kind of siphoned out of ICBC by the government? Our our lawsuit doesn't deal with that at all, and I actually think it's quite interesting. We have the two parties, the NDP and the Liberals, publicly quibbling about whether or not they can lawfully remove money from ICBC by passing legislation. But not one of them is talking about the fact that for years they both have been, we say, unlawfully taking money out in a less-than-transparent way. That we, We say they actually tried to hide this from the public. Okay, how did they hide it? Well, um, they just never told anybody they were doing it. And what, what would happen is the vast majority of people, thankfully, are not catastrophically injured, and they don't need all of their accident benefits. There's a limit of 
$150,000, it's now 300000 Thankfully, the vast majority of us are not required to use all that. And what they would do is they would charge these MSP premiums there, and most people wouldn't know about it. But when you have someone who's catastrophically injured, like Braden Matad, who's got a spinal cord injury, he, of course, needs every drop of that money. And what, what they did is they would just funnel that back to MSP, and for the, most people wouldn't know about it. I mean, I have evidence. I, I, I'm holding internal ICBC documents where, number one, they know that this reduces benefits for accident victims. And number two, they know they shouldn't be doing this because when you ask them to reverse these charges and you point out the law, they do that. Okay, you mentioned uh, Braden. Is he, is he one of the plaintiffs in the case? Yeah, Braden unfortunately suffered a very, very serious injury. He has, uh, he's a quadriplegic. And, you know, the money, the, you know, the funds he needed, these weren't luxuries. These were items he needed to keep himself alive. Right, and he was denied his full complement of benefits because of this. We say a legal scheme. Okay, does this just injure people who were hurt in a car crash and, and didn't get enough money in their settlement, or it's does, does it also hurt all drivers, maybe who should have been getting lower auto insurance premiums? This is completely independent of whether or not anybody got a fair or just settlement or court, you know, court resolution. This yeah. is about the no-fault benefits and only the no-fault benefits. And I should say, this is the same government and insurance company that ICBC, you know, that you know, the, the government wants to administer, um, you know, no choice, no fault in the future. And I think it's an opportunity for British Columbians to reflect and just ask themselves, you know, is that something I'm comfortable? Do I trust that? They, if they do, that's fine. But I think it's an opportunity for people just to stop and, and reflect a little bit. Okay. You mentioned no-fault insurance, and, and of course, this is something the government has already rolled out, that they're going to move to a no-fault auto insurance system, cut the lawyers out of the mix to, to a large degree. You're a personal injury lawyer. Uh, you know, Some people listening to you might say, well, this guy's just trying to throw some smoke screens up to, to hide the fact that lawyers are getting rich on, on the system now, and maybe the government should move to a no-fault system. Like, wh- What's wrong with the no-fault auto insurance system in your, in your mind? Well, I mean, I, I'm... You know, I actually, I, I think no fault is, a, you know, can be a very useful complementary system. In fact, we in British Columbia, we've always had a no fault system uh, to complement people who haven't had benefits. So I think it's a good system. And I mean, I don't know what the legislation looks like. It could very well be um, something that works for British Columbians. But I, I think what most people run into conflict with is a conflict with is a lack of choice. Uh, I, I, for, I myself would never choose no fault. Um, other people might. I think people would would want to have that choice. But I, I think, you know, the issue is, um, if we have a no-fault system, we better have a government, we better have an, inc- an insurance company that we can trust and is transparent. Yeah. And this certainly demonstrates a utter lack of transparency. They haven't been paying people their full benefits. They've been, it seems to me, depriving almost everyone of their full benefits. Um who's ever made a claim and you know can is that something we want going forward okay when you talk about it people should have a choice do you mean like they should have a choice of a no-fault system or maybe access to the full tort system if they can hire a lawyer and sue icbc if they want like i think in saskatchewan don't they give people a choice right i mean when i think of choice with insurance i think there's multiple layers of choice you know for example um (laughs) The idea of about in, you know, lawyers bringing insurance companies to their knees is nonsense because we have insurance companies, private insurance companies, making rec- record profits, and they're dealing with lawyers all the time. 
I mean, for me, there are certain insurance companies I would never buy insurance from because I just don't like the way they treat their policyholders. So I think I would like the choice of my insurance company, but then I would also like the choice of my insurance product. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's what I think British Columbians need to really turn their minds to. You mean like, so you could have a choice between the no-fault coverage or a full tort coverage where you could hire a lawyer? If they want to. Yeah. If they want to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, people need to make, I, I, I think people need to have choices. But, you know, if you, and again, I, I think if you're going to have a public institution, we need to be able to trust it, especially, especially if it's one where we don't get a choice. They need to be very transparent. And again, I find it astonishing. It's a miraculous discussion that's going on between the Liberals and the NDP about lawfully removing money from an insurance company when not one of them has talked about the, um, these unlawful payments that we say they've been taking out for years, since at least 1988, maybe even earlier than that. Okay, so this is a class action lawsuit that if someone feels like they're, they're an aggrieved party here, they could, they could attach themselves to it. They could become one of the plaintiffs in the case. Is that how it works? That's right. If it's certified, yeah. then everyone is in unless they opt out. And then right. there's, there's rules about who forms part of the class and how long the class goes. And that's for the court to decide. Okay, so it's got to be certified by the courts first before it goes forward. It has to be certified as a class action before it can right. go forward as a class action. Yeah, and when do you expect that to happen? Well, I mean, we, we always want that to happen sooner rather than later, but the other side, they need to appoint counsel, and we'll have a discussion about, um, about that once they've retained counsel. So if, if people are listening to me right now and listening to you, and, and they're thinking, yeah, you know, I, I got injured in a car crash, and I don't think I was treated fairly, and I'm interested in being part of this class action, when would they be able to join it? Well, that, this class action isn't for those people who felt they were treated unfairly. This is for people who were catastrophically injured and didn't get all of their benefits because ICBC, we say wrongfully, hived that money off to the government. And it's for anybody that insured a vehicle and paid too much for their insurance because ICBC uh, was funneling this money to government when it should have stayed in. We, we, we're basically saying this is an illegal tax. I mean, taxes are not popular, which is why the Constitution requires uh, the government, the legislature, to pass these yeah. things, not to just have them secretly imposed on people. So, so anyone who feels they've been paying too much for their auto insurance could potentially be a, a plaintiff here. Isn't, isn't that just about everybody? Yeah, unfortunately, this is, yeah. this is a harm that we say was visited on anyone that's ever in, bought uh, compulsory insurance um, from ICBC, which would probably be almost everybody. All right. It's very interesting stuff. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Good stuff. I, Thank you. I appreciate it. Scott Stanley is a Vancouver lawyer who's launched that class action lawsuit.